0: up uh, play a profiler faithful it's your amigo maddie Keywoom, and welcome to episode 11 of the game plan the best new show in fantasy football according to my mother and boy oh boy do i have a great episode in store for you fine folks i'm gonna be going bargain bin shopping for some great streamer options in week 11 I'll introduce everyone to the seventh floor crew and I will be giving out the very first exam in game plan history. But don't you worry, you're going to love it. So come on, let's go and let's start game planning for our week 11 matchups. Okay, ladies and gents. We are going to start, as we always do, with the injury updates. Step one in game planning is to know who is going to be on the field and who is going to miss. And let's start with those missed practices at the end of the week. Jerry Judy, he will not play against the Raiders due to that ankle injury. Lamar Jackson, he called in sick on Friday, but is expected to play without issue. In the one league that I do roster, Mr. Lamar Jackson, I did pick up Huntley just to be safe. Juju Smith-Schuster, after taking that nasty hit from Jaguars safety, he he has already been ruled out with that concussion. He will miss the divisional matchup on Sunday night football. Let's move to the limited practices. Kyler Murray will be a game-time decision for Monday Night Football due to his Call of Duty injury. I mean, no, it doesn't have to do Call of Duty. It's a hamstring. That's right. It's a hamstring injury. He has been, uh, I guess it's been looking better. Coaches say that it looks pretty good. He's been doing a lot of running, but it'll be a true game-time decision on Monday night. Devontae Adams, he's been limited all week with an ab, ab-dom- ab injury. I don't have an ab, so it's tough for me to say abdomen. I can't even say it. I don't have him. But he is questionable. We're expected for him to play, but we can't be sure. So make sure that you're monitoring the situation through the weekend and planning accordingly. Speaking of veteran fantasy players, Ezekiel Elliott logged in three limited practices, but he is expected to play despite being labeled as questionable. And Gus, the bus Edwards is truly questionable with his hamstring injury. He's logged some limited practices, but team officials are still unsure if he will suit up for week 11. Let's move on to the full practices. Josh Allen is not on the final injury report, but the game seems to be a tad bit questionable in and of itself due to what I only can recall as 75 feet of snow in Buffalo. The game has already been moved to Detroit. Uh, They take on the Browns, and they're going to play in Detroit. But it appears that the travel may still be a little bit up in the air, given the fact that they're dealing with uh, something called thundersnow. So uh, be optimistic because we do not want to lose the fantasy players in that matchup. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both logged full practices on Friday. That's right. Full practices. They were limited the rest of the week. They both carry the questionable tag for Sunday Night Football. When asked, Mike Williams said his ankle feels 200%. Now, it only can go up to 100, so I think Mike is doing a little bit of fibbing, but his confidence should give you confidence that he'll play. And it appears Keenan Allen will also suit up for that game in what could be an absolute bonanza on Sunday Night Football, so I'm pretty excited about that. Speaking of past catchers that were removed from injury reports, A.J. Brown and Donovan Donovan and Devontae Smith have both been removed from the injury report and are cleared to give a full go in week 11. Matthew Stafford, uh, he has passed through the concussion protocol and will return in week 11. Uh, who's going to be his number one pass catcher with this boy, his breakfast bro, Cooper Cup on the sideline? Hmm. I don't exactly know what we'll see, but Ben Skoranek has been seeing a lot of looks and has been running a lot of routes. That's the guy I think we will see an uptick in targets. Mark Andrews practice full Friday but he will be a game-time decision. Uh, I'd like to see him back. My Scott Fishbowl team would certainly like to see Mr. Andrews back in return to his tight end one form. Speaking of a tight end one, Cole Komet will not have an injury designation heading into Week 11. And since we're still talking about tight ends, David Njoku told reporters that he will play despite the questionable tag. That's going to wrap up our news and notes for week 11. So let's dive right on into the very first segment on today's show. It's called the seventh floor crew. Now this segment needs a little bit of explaining. Okay. So when Greg Olson went to the university of Miami, the U him and a bunch of his teammates wrote like a nine minute rap song. Uh, And this song Uh, details the 7th Floor Crew. And apparently back in Miami at that time, the 7th Floor Crew uh, would take their companions uh, and that's where they would go to Netflix and chill. Um, The song is on YouTube. It's quite hilarious. It is an unquestionably parental advisory. So if that is not your cup of tea or you're young, maybe don't check it out. But if you want to listen to Greg Olson uh, rap, the, check it out. So this segment is called the Seventh Floor Crew because these are four players that I believe are gonna take you up to the seventh floor and screw you. They're gonna straight screw you if you try to use them to win your fantasy championships. These guys are not gonna help you out. Matter of fact, they're gonna hurt you, they're gonna screw you. That's why we are going to the seventh floor crew to talk about it. One bit of one statistic I do want to clear up or or kind of dive into just to get ahead of it. Uh, I'm using a lot of player profilers weighted schedule strength um, and that and it analyzes fantasy points allowed by defenses to different positions. So it's defense uh, specific. And it also has an emphasis on weeks 15 through 17. Why is there an emphasis there? Uh, duh. It's the fantasy playoffs. So the higher the rank, the easier the schedule and as a parameter. So you're going to hear these stats. I want to put this out there so you know. Anything above a plus 5.0 is considered relatively easy. Anything below a minus 5.0 is relatively difficult. So let's dive right in. Let's go up to the seventh floor and check out the group. First guy I want to talk about, and these guys are all relied upon, so this might sting a little bit. You might disagree with some of this, but it is what it is. First guy to talk about, Uncle Lenny Leonard Fournette currently running back 13 on a points-per-game basis. Play a profiler. Has him ranked as running back 23 rest of season. He has a neutral-ish schedule. It's nothing too scary, and that's why I put out that that breakdown of the weighted uh, schedule strength, so you know the minus 4.0 uh, for running backs is 21st, so it's not considered uh, super hard, but it's also not easy. Uh, he also has a 0.8% Uh, schedule ranking on Football Outsiders, and basically that means he has the 21st hardest schedule according to opponents, DVOA, so their defensive metrics. So he is going against some tough defenses. He's also dealing with a hip ailment. He's not 100% healthy. Um, And when you break it down, you look under the hood at some of his performance metrics. They're pretty mediocre. I would say a 3.4 true yards per carry. Uh, That's 63rd amongst qualified running backs, 4.4 yards per touch, 1.5% breakaway rate. Both of those uh, metrics finish outside the top 40. And he has a minus 20.5 EPA. That is a, that's, that's so bad. It is the 138th. Uh, So basically all of that suggests that his fantasy value is propped up by that receiving volume, because uh, at the end of the day, he is at the top of the charts in most receiving metrics for the running back position. The Tampa Bay uh, running back spot as a whole, as a generality, um, tends to be a very lucrative, lucrative one in fantasy. He's third in receptions, fourth in receiving yards, sixth in total TDs, so the production's there, but it is propped up by the receiving. And with the emergence of a guy like Rashad White, Maybe he starts seeing a downtick in some of that usage. Rashad White is in more than capable pass catcher. Uh, We saw him go over a hundo last week, threw a defender into the water jug on the sideline. He looks good, and Tom Brady is going to do whatever it takes to win. That may mean either, quote unquote, saving Leonard Fournette for the postseason or just using a younger, basically carbon copy of the guy that they already use. And uh, you know, the offensive line's not great, but with the emergence of Rashad White taking more and more looks. But all that wrapped up, I think Leonard Fournette is on. If he's on your team and you're relying on him for the rest of the season, maybe make a trade here before your deadline passes because I think he is one of those guys that's going to screw you come the end of the season. Let's move on to the next guy I'd like to talk about. This pains me because he's a really good player, player that I typically like to root for. Uh, that's Juju Smith-Schuster. Currently wide receiver 26 on a points-per-game basis. Uh, player profile has him at wide receiver 28 rest of season. And my man has uh, what they call in the biz a tooth schedule, a.k.a. a very tough schedule. He has minus 25.08 weighted six schedule strength for wide receivers. That's 32nd. Uh, really not great. And he has a minus 1.9% uh, schedule on Football Outsiders. So he has the eighth hardest schedule according to opponents dvoa my man has been doing good he before the concussion he had 3 games of 18 or more fantasy points was looking as looking like the primary pass catcher in a very good offense but he does rank outside the top 40 amongst qualified wide receivers in target share air yard share dominator rating Fantasy points per route run and fantasy points per target weren't outside the top 40, but they were 38th and 39th, so they're still nowhere near what you're hoping for. And he's outscored his projection by nearly two points per game. Uh, so what that tells me is there could be some negative regression in his future. He's dealing with that awful concussion, and I'm not gonna hold that against him. But the fact that he's gonna miss Sunday's game, a divisional game, in which Kadarius Tony could step in and get some uh, you know, build some trust with a Patrick Mahomes. We saw I don't know if you saw this, but Travis Kelsey was I think it was on his podcast with his brother absolutely ranting and raving about how good Tony looks in this offense, how good he can be. And I know what you're thinking, Maddie listen, Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith-Schuster do not play the same roles. That's correct. They don't. Uh, Justin Watson is seemingly going to come in and do a little bit what Juju has. But my point is with the target pie as it is in so much already being allocated towards Travis Kelsey, if you take Juju slice and divvy it up between him and tony or maybe they start relying on the running game more as it gets colder and they start getting more you know grind them out matchups all of a sudden isaiah pacheco is getting more and more touches these opportunities for juju can dwindle and the fact that he's not been super efficient he's not been dominant he hasn't already commanded much of a target share or air yard share and you combine that with such a tough schedule for wide receivers i think that juju is one of those guys who will screw you If you roster him and rely on him rest of season, the next guy I'd like to talk about again has been a fantasy darling all season. So I am sorry if this bums you out, but I'm going to talk about Damian Pierce. He's running back 14 on a points-per-game basis, and player profiler has him at running back 15 rest of season. So they're pretty lockstep there, Uh, but he does not have an easy road ahead. He's got a 0.8% schedule on Football Outsiders. That means it's the 11th easiest schedule, uh, according to opponent's DVOA. So you're saying, what? that's not bad, but... He has a minus 8.64 weighted schedule strength for running backs. that's 29th. that's not good. so yeah, their offenses they may be playing are necessarily scary but they're very good at limiting uh, fantasy points to the relative to the mean uh, in the game that we're all playing, which is fantasy football and that minus eight is a it is below that threshold of minus five. so it does convey a very a, a tough schedule for for the Houston running backs going forward not only does he have a tough schedule but they just added Eno Benjamin. Uh Eno Benjamin's a guy who has some pop in his own right. He has some ability in and of himself. So we are uh, we're uncertain of the duo's roles. How are they going to use him? Are they going to divvy him up? We don't know. And the thing is, if they decide to use Eno Benjamin and they did use a very high waiver claim to bring him in, um I like saying that waiver claim. It's like the it's like when real life football and fantasy kind of lock hands and kind of kind of get on the same page. It's, I like when that stuff happens anyway. But if he does lose some opportunities to Eno Benjamin, he's really not the most efficient back. He's been a little bit volume dependent, uh, in my opinion. And these stats kind of back that up. A 4.3 true yards per carry. That's 30th amongst qualified running backs. He has a 0.70 fantasy points per opportunity. That's outside the top 50. He's got a 4.8 yards per touch. That's 27th amongst qualified running backs and a minus 5.3 EPA. Uh, he doesn't really have a whole lot in the passing game. He doesn't have much volume there. Uh, he's ran 107 routes, and he has a 36.1% route participation. Uh, those metrics are both outside of the top 30 amongst qualified running backs. So you take all that. You take a guy who's been very volume dependent, You know, kind of gutting out those 10, 11, 12-point performances, maybe needing a touchdown to really return his value and meet those projections. You take that and you take away some opportunities because a guy like Eno Benjamin's in town. They didn't bring in Eno Benjamin to just have him just hold the clipboard. I know they don't do that at running back. That's a quarterback kind of saying, but it, it still it still works here because he's not going to be just on the back on the back burner. A uh, guy like Rex Burkhead is certainly probably going to lose touches to Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin is has has shown his ability to catch the ball. He's shown to be pretty – he's a good playmaker. Uh, and the fact that he was cut in in Arizona, we don't know the backstory there. I haven't really dug into that too much. But the fact that Houston brought him in tells me they're going to give this guy some opportunities. Damian Pierce doesn't have tremendous draft capital, so they're not necessarily married to the idea of him being their full-fledged 100% bell cow. And all that together, I think that Damian Pierce is a guy that if you're relying on as one of your high-end or running back twos – See if you can get something for him now. Make a trade for him now before your deadline, before it's too late, because he's certainly going to screw you the rest of the season. The last guy I want to talk about, the last member of the seventh floor crew, is going to hurt, ladies and gents. So sit down, relax, take a breath. If you got some beer, you got some something around you, take a sip. You're going to need to chill because this may invoke some feelings. Justin Fields. That's right. I'm going to talk about Justin Fields. He's quarterback six on a points-per-game basis in rest of season. Playprofile.com has, has him at quarterback five. Um, so we are pretty excited about him rest of season, but I'm, I'm here to tell you he's going to screw you. Uh, he's got a rough QB schedule rest of season. Minus 9.17 weighted sh- uh, schedule strength for quarterbacks. That's 28th. He has a minus 0.5% on Football Outsiders' schedule, so that's the 12th hardest schedule according to opponents DVOA. And you might be saying, yeah, but the man runs. It's not about passing. He's just so prolific on the ground. He looks like Mike Vick. He ran for 100 million yards the other day, broke the single-game record. Yeah, I know, but... In these next five games, or I should say six weeks, five games, he faces the 22nd, the 27th, the 25th, and the 24th uh, defenses against rushing quarterbacks. So it's the bottom part of the league. These are tough quarterbacks matchups for rushing the football specifically. Um and on top of the on top of that, you know, he has had super high fantasy totals, 40 points in the last two weeks. So I understand you telling me that this is you're just crazy. And maybe I am. Uh, I like him long term in dynasty keeper formats. Don't 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 do nothing crazy. This guy is, you know, he is on a fast track to a top five quarterback in dynasty. Um and he's doing this without weapons. So this is not anything besmirching the talent Justin Fields. This is simply breaking down the schedule ahead and some of the metrics that I see. And despite those high fantasy totals that I talked about, he has not thrown for 200 yards since week 5. Mainly because he's really not all that accurate. If you look at his accuracy metrics on playerprofile.com which I certainly recommend you do so. He's got a 7.1 accuracy rating. That's 32nd. He's got a 63.2% true completion percentage uh, and a 24.2 deep completion percentages all three of those metrics rank outside of the top 30 amongst qualified quarterbacks and to put a little uh shit cherry on top of this gross sunday uh the teams that are battling for a playoff spot and need your you need your best players to at the end of the season to get your ass in the playoffs the bears have a week 14 bye uh so it's it's tough uh and, and as somebody i roster, justin fields is my qb2 in the big dog bash uh i am not i'm not happy about the research that i've just pulled up i'm not really in love with what i'm saying but the fact that matters i do have to temper my expectations because i think justin fields is going to be one of those players that screws you for the rest of the season so to summarize the four players that are making up the seventh floor crew in today's show leonard fournette Juju Smith-Schuster, Damian Pierce, and Justin Fields. So in your seasonal formats, let me emphasize seasonal, maybe look to move them before it's too late, before your deadline passes. But in Dynasty, you're not getting away from Justin Fields. You might want to trade Leonard Fournette in that format. Juju is a free agent, so if you're kind of gung-ho, trying to win now, move him. and Damian Pierce, I think in Dynasty, you can move him too. Fourth round draft capital, we don't really know Uh, exactly what's going to happen next year. So the fact that they may be the reason why you don't win might be enough to move them now. So that is the seventh floor crew. Uh, Before I get into the bargain bin, let me tell everybody about a great website called Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is where you take players and they basically turn them into stocks. So you can buy low, sell high, you into Justin Fields? Well, his stock has risen, so you missed the chance to buy low. But if you're going to say, man, listen, you are dead wrong about Juju, maybe buy the dip. The, the concussion dip may be coming. Buy in, because he may... May prove me wrong and be great the rest of the season. But anyway, on Prediction Strike, you can get re- great return on your investments by buying low, selling high, and this is real money, people. We're not talking about fantasy points. We're talking about real money. They take fantasy players and turn them into a stock in this on this web, on this app, and it's great. Uh, and not only can you do that, not only can you make real money on Prediction Strike if you use the promo code Underworld, you will get a free player share with a twenty deposit so if you're like listen mr key womb you can take this justin fields hate and cram it up your ass i'm gonna use my free player share on mr fields go right ahead just use that promo code underworld and get a free player share with a 20 dollars deposit on prediction strike that is one of my favorite things and if you are into prediction strike or new to prediction strike i highly recommend you check out aaron stewart's prediction strike show on our discord our discords pop and i talk about it literally every single show that i do if you're into fantasy get in on our player profile discord because we're talking fantasy every day all day baby so prediction strike discord do it join it get in on it now ladies and gents let's go ahead and keep this train a moving to the bargain bin players so basically these are cheap streaming options Cheap DFS options, but again, like I like to reiterate, this is not a DFS centric show. This is a seasonal league centric show. We do have great DFS shows on the Player Profiler Network, so make sure you check those out if you want a deeper dive into who to play at DFS. But these, I give it up just in case uh, you're here and you're like, oh, McCune said, let me let me put in my lineup to to maximize position elsewhere and whatnot. I go position by position, and we're going to start with the quarterbacks. First quarterback is someone who is not a stranger to the bargain bin, and for whatever reason, is still not universally rostered. And I'm talking about Mr. Marcus Mariota, Super Mariota. Uh, he takes on the Chicago Bears at home. On DraftKings, he is 5500 On FanDuel, he's $7,200. Playerprofiler.com has him at quarterback seven this week. I have him at quarterback nine. So we're pretty much locked up there. The over-under of 49 and a half is a pretty good total to attack. And they're home, but they're home dogs by three points. And if you factor in, you know, the home three points, it's like a six-point difference. It's like a legit thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a great – it's a, it's an indicator for a potential comeback for a guy like Marietta, which is something we truly love. We also love that Chicago is the 27th best matchup for quarterback. Wait, what? Did I just hear that correctly? 27th? That's not good. I know, I know. But let me say it this way. They're the third best for rushing quarterbacks. So the Bears give up a lot of rushing uh, totals to quarterbacks, which is good in fantasy. And they also give up the sixth most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. And that's great for Mariota, who uh, has 63 carries on the year. That's the sixth highest amongst qualified quarterbacks. He has 14 red zone carries and three rushing touchdowns. All of those finish inside the top six amongst quarterbacks. Uh, And Marcus Mariota, he does have... Uh, six top fifteen p- uh, finishes at QB and four top ten finishes. He's been playing pretty well. at twenty points last week in a really ugly game against the Panthers. And I think this week, if you're uh, needing a quarterback, uh, maybe you're dealing with some some issues here. You you, you just don't really want to use a Jared Goff that you've been using. What have you? Marcus Mariota is available in about half of leagues on sleeper. So go ahead and get him. And you he might be someone that actually really. Cash is in for you in a good way. The next quarterback, uh, if I was standing in front of you all, you would probably toss stuff at me for using this guy. You'd probably throw any tomato at me or anything that you can get your hands on because I'm going to talk about Baker Mayfield as a possible streaming option. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But he, he is at... Uh, Baltimore this week, he's only 12% rostered, 5,000 on DraftKings, 6,400 on FanDuel. Playaprofiler.com has him at quarterback 28. I got him at twenty uh, quarterback 25. Neither one of us are all that high on Mr. Mayfield. The over-under of 41 is not a, uh, a a game total that we're looking to attack, but Carolina is home dogs by 13 points. So two touchdown dogs on the road. Kind of suggest potential comeback mode, potential garbage points. And we'll take garbage points in fantasy, just like we'll take points uh, in the first quarter. We love garbage points here in fantasy. Baltimore is a top 10 matchup for passing and for rushing quarterbacks. So they're pretty soft for Mayfield. Uh, they have given up the seventh most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. And Baker has played Baltimore eight times in his career because he was once on the Browns, and that's a division opponent. Uh, In those eight games, he averaged 21.3 fantasy points, uh, and at Baltimore, he averaged 18.7. He also had multiple spike weeks in those eight games, so he has been known to give uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense a bit of a fit. And surprisingly enough, you may not have really noticed this, and why would you? Because why would you even go to the Baker Mayfield play a profiler page because he's been a straight-up bum. But if you had gone there, you may have seen that he's been surprisingly good with the deep ball. 46.7% deep ball completion percentage and a 6.5 deep ball accuracy rating. So he's been pretty good at chucking the rock deep. Both of those metrics are seventh amongst qualified quarterbacks. And all it takes is a couple to, you know, Terrace Marshall, maybe one to DJ Moore. Please, please, Baker, get it to DJ Moore. I would love it. I love DJ Moore. You guys already know that. So if you're i mean in the most desperate of desperate times you're in a tube qb league and there's nothing out there and you're looking you're like i can't find anything try get baker try he may surprise you this week. He's got a little bit of uh, excitement. Plus, he was headbutting his teammates without a helmet on. Apparently, he loves doing that, and he's lost some brain cells, but he doesn't mind. maybe he's out there to go YOLO mode. So, Baker Mayfield, use him if you are desperate. Let's move on to the running back position, and the first guy I'm going to talk about is also a friend of the show, someone who's been in the bargain bin before, and that's Latavius Murray. Uh, they, the Broncos take on the Las Vegas Raiders, Murray's only rostered in 25% of sleeper leagues, 5,000 on DraftKings, 5,600 on FanDuel. He's ranked running back 34 on playerprofile.com. I have him at running back 36. Uh, The over-under of 41, again, is not a total in which we want to attack, but uh, it could mean something else that I'll talk about here in a second. In Denver, our favorites at home by 2.5 points. Um, Since he's been... I think he was signed. I don't think it was a trade. I think he was signed from the New Orleans Saints practice squad. But anyway, ever since he started playing for the Broncos, these are his fantasy points. So in four weeks, he had 7.4. That was running back 28 on the week. 10.3, running back 30 on the week. 12.9, running back 22 on the week. And last week, 7.7. That's running back 31 on the week. So he's been a good bargain bin player since he's been in, in Denver. Uh, Vegas is the 24th rush defense, uh, according to DVOA, and they've given up the seventh most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Um, and when we talked about that 41 over under the fact that uh, Denver is two and a half point favorites at home, Vegas kind of suggests that it's a grind it out type of game and in that format in a game in which it's kind of in the trenches just slow boring a game that we do not want to watch a game that probably won't be featured on red zone much uh those are the type of games that i think latavius murray could shine um they did bring in chase edmonds and what we saw was a relative 33 split of the three running backs i think last week latavius was 30 percent, but in a game in which they are grinding the, the clock out you know, using uh what they have. They're not gonna have Jerry Judy. They're not gonna have Hamler, they're they're gonna have Sutton, they'll have their tight ends, but they're gonna have their running backs. And I think Latavius should hit that seven to ten to twelve, maybe, maybe a little higher if he scores a touchdown threshold. And with that being the case, a guy who's out there in 75% of leagues, you might be in trouble needing a running back. You had Fournette or Rashad White. You've been relying on Kenneth Walker. Those guys are on bye. Go ahead and pick up Latavius Murray and use him because I think he'll give you that top 30-ish running back floor, which is not bad given the bye weeks. Uh, the next running back is uh, a rookie that has been a bit of a roller coaster in his own right through the draft process and in early parts of the season. I'm talking about Kyron Williams. The, uh, the Rams are at New Orleans. Kyra Williams is 33% rostered, 4,800 on DraftKings and 4,900 on FanDuel. Player profile has him ranked at 54. I actually got him at 43, so I have him quite a bit higher uh, than player profile ranks. Uh, the over-under of 39 is not something that uh, would suggest high usage from the running back per se, not a shootout, uh, but uh, the the Rams are uh, they're getting 3.5 points on the road. Uh, so, again, another potential close matchup, according to Vegas projections. But in his NFL debut last week, he saw 28% snap share. He ran eight routes. On those eight routes, he saw three targets. And in those three targets, he caught all of them for 39 yards. That In PPR leagues, that's 6.9 points on eight routes on a 28% snap share. So an increase in snaps or opportunities could absolutely result in a top 30-ish running back finish. Something that we'll absolutely take uh, in this part of the season. Plus, Cooper Cup's out. So we are expecting a gazillion vacated targets, I would say. Let me see if my math is correct. Uh, let me go to my analytics side of the brain. Do, 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 calculating, calculating. Yep, 100 billion targets will be vacated with Cooper Cup on the sideline. We do think that'll go to Mr. Scronic. Uh, you know, we could see an uptick in Van Jefferson, Tyler Hidbee, but that could also mean a few checkdowns to a guy like Kyron Williams, who was known for his pass catching ability. So if you're in trouble, you don't need, you need yourself a running back. Maybe the someone listening to the show picked up. Latavius right in front of your eyes, snuck it right underneath you. You're looking for somebody else. There's Kyron Williams. There's a a potential guy. He's probably also worth stashing, I would say in your 12, 14 team leaguers, your deeper leagues for sure. Uh, Because, you know, Henderson hasn't really popped. Cam Akers is still a headache. And even now that they've let him back on the field, he's still not doing a damn thing with those, those opportunities. So a guy like, you know, Kyron Williams could see himself get more snaps, run more routes, and make more plays. So he's worth stashing, I think. So I think that number should go way up from 33%. But if you're in need and you're in desperate for a running back, go ahead and pick up Kyron Williams from the bargain bin. Let's move on to the wide receiver position. The first guy I'd like to talk about is Nico Collins. The Houston Texans take on the Washington Commanders at home. He's only 30% rostered. He's 4,100 on DraftKings, 5,900 on FanDuel. Player profiler has him ranked at wide receiver 34. I got him at wide receiver 36. So we both have him as a top 40 option. The over-under 41 seems to be the magic number of all the bargain players, but Houston are at home and they are getting three at home. So the this is uh the most the fourth the Washington Commanders present the fourth most advantageous schedule or matchup, I should say, for quarter uh, wide receivers at eleven and eleven point three fantasy points allowed to the mean. Um, the Commanders are twentieth in past DVOA, and they've surrendered ten wide receiver touchdowns. That's the sixth most. Nico Collins is projected to face Kendall Fuller. Uh, Kendall Fuller right now is cornerback seventy-one in Cody's cornerback ranks. So um, I don't know if you check those out. You should. 71 is not good. Uh, not good at all, being outside of the top 70. Uh, so Kyle Kendall Fuller could present a soft matchup for Nico. And in his first game back from injury, which was last week, Uh, He had an 81% snap share. He ran 30 routes. He had 10 targets, five receptions for 49 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Those 49 yards also came with 90 air yards. So they were trying to get him the ball deep and a 50% uh, complete uh, reception percentage that could go up uh, for a guy like Nico Collins, who has the ability to go up and get it. But even despite only catching 50% of his targets, he had 15.9 fantasy points and finished as wide receiver 19. So that is uh, very encouraging for Nico Collins and Little little bonus here, Brandon Cooks is probably, what, the most hated man in the Texans' uh, locker room. They revoked his captain status. He's been out, or he was out two weeks ago because he was butthurt. He didn't see a whole lot of love last week back. So I think Nico here steps up as the number one pass catcher for the Texans. So if you're needing a receiver, you're needing a flex. Look no further than Nico Collins. He can absolutely cash in big and repeat that top 20-ish wide receiver performance that he did last week. The next wide receiver I'd like to talk about, and I got to give a massive shout out to my man Nate last week on the Starter Stream Show. He went with this guy. He he brought him up, and he ended up going off for 95 yards and a touchdown, and that's Darius Slayton. The Giants take on the Detroit Lions at home in New York. Slayton is 39% rostered, 5,000 on DraftKings, and 6,300 on FanDuel. Both myself and playerprofile.com have him ranked at wide receiver 40. The over-under of 45 is a pretty decent total to attack, and the Giants are home favorites by three points. Detroit is the 24th, Uh, well, they rank 24th in past DVOA, and they've given up over 1,600 yards to receivers. That's the seventh most in the NFL. Um Darius Slayton, believe it or not, does have a couple of metrics that are very encouraging on the season. He's got a 2.75 yards per route run. That's sixth amongst qualified wide receivers and a 13.8 ADOP. That's the 13th most. So he's definitely a downfield threat, and he has been his whole career. He's got the speed. And over his last five games, he's got 5.2 targets a game. 3.6 receptions a game, 63.2 receiving yards a game, and has averaged 12.3 fantasy points. And that includes an absolute stink fest in week six. He dudded out in week six, and he still has some pretty decent numbers over his last five. Uh, And he can score fantasy points without massive volume. So regardless if Wandale Robinson plays or not, he may not see the uptick in targets, but he doesn't need a ton to cash in on a big touchdown. I mean, I think it was Derek Stingley missed one tackle last week, and he was able to take the ball 75 yards to the biscuit and score a touchdown. So Darius Slayton's playing well right now, and I think if you need a guy in your flex, you need a guy in your wide receiver three, maybe you start up to five or six wide receivers in your league, Darius Slayton's somebody worth going out and picking up because he's been good on the low, and maybe in a couple weeks that that number goes up too high where you can't pick him up. So you're going to want to do so now. Let's go on to the tight end position. I actually have three. I got a bonus, baby. And it's for a couple reasons. The first reason being the first guy I'm going to talk about is someone I talked about last week. Yes, shout out to BDGE. I'm doing the creepy double tap or the creepy double repeat here this week in the bargain bin. Foster Moreau. Moreau plays for the Vegas Raiders. He's their tight end one with Darren Waller out. He is in Denver. He's still only 45% rostered, so you can't pick him up in more than half of sleeper leagues. He's 3,700 on DraftKings, 5,600 on FanDuel. Player profile has him at tight end 12. I got him at tight end nine, so I got him in my top 10. The over-under a 41.5. There's that 41 number again. Las Vegas, uh, they their dogs on the road with 2.5 points they're getting. Uh, and, but... Uh, Denver is great. They have a great secondary. They really are tough. They are good at limiting uh, scoring from opposing tight ends, but they're not so great at stopping opposing tight ends. They're actually a pretty good matchup for tight ends. They have the seventh best. uh, They give up the seventh most tight end points allowed to the mean with plus 4.32 and foster Moreau has two top 13 tight end finishes over his last three games so he's been fairly reliable for a cheap option so if he's still out there and you need a tight end go get yourself some foster Moreau. the next guy the next two guys i want to talk about are basically uh just available they're available almost everywhere there's probably only uh, picked up in a handful of leagues uh in your seasonal formats i'm talking about grant calcantara Tight end on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are at Indy. Uh he is 2500 on DraftKings, 4200 on FanDuel. Both player profile and myself have him ranked at tight end 17. That game presents a over-under of 43 and a half. And the Eagles are six and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, but they gotta get there. Uh, that's what I always say. Just because a team is projected to win by a lot doesn't mean they're not going to. they got to get there. they got to get ahead by six and a half points. And how are they going to do that? Maybe to Mr. Calcantera. Why? Don't they have Dallas Goddard Matthew? And Well, maybe you've been living under a rock for the last week because Dallas Goddard is now on the IR due to a horrible face mask tackle. So thanks a lot, Washington Commander Defender. That was not good. I love Dallas Goddard. had him in a number of leagues, but that's not the point. Indy presents the third softest matchup for opposing tight ends, and they've given up five tight end touchdowns so far this year. That is tied for the third most. And Grant Calcantara, I believe he's a rookie. Uh, Yeah, he's a rookie. drafted this year. He's 87th percentile 40-time, 82nd percentile speed score. So he's an athlete. He's a good player. Uh, I believe his player comparable – on playerprofile.com is Hayden Hurst, a guy who we're all, yeah, Hayden Hurst, somebody that we are absolutely using in fantasy. So, Grant Calcantara, if you're just lost at tight end, or maybe you're just desperate for a, a deep flex in one of those deep leagues, Grant Calcantara, let's, let's get him going, baby uh we've actually seen that that game total go up to 46 points so you're getting a live breaking news moment here so the fact that it went up almost three points uh it suggests that there's going to be a bit of scoring so i like grant can in some desperate situations but this is a guy i like if you are uber desperate i'm not talking about a little desperate i'm talking about super desperate noah gray who talking about the tight end the backup tight end for the kansas city chiefs the chiefs are at lac they're playing the chargers he's basically not rostered his numbers are not on the main slate so i'm not going to bring him up play a profile nor myself have him ranked inside the top 25 so you're like cable what are you doing to me you're telling me justin fields is gonna screw me you're telling me to use a guy who's not even in the rankings you know we, we're going deep here we're going super deep because this over under 41 and a half is certainly a juicy and Kansas City are five-point favorites on the road, but in a shootout scenario, a guy like Noah Gray could perform. Why do you say that? Over the last two weeks, believe it or not, Noah Gray finished as tight end 15 and then tight end 10. So two top 15 tight end performances in back-to-back weeks. He's looking good. He he does have some of the skill sets that we get very excited about in fantasy football, especially at the tight end position. Um, he he's ranks, you know, above league average and 40 yards, speed score, burst score, catch radius, all that good stuff. And uh, he's he made a huge catch for the Chiefs in overtime against Tennessee Titans a couple weeks ago. He's getting in the favor of Patrick Mahomes. They are trying to limit Kelsey's snaps, I mean, over the last three weeks, we've seen Noah Gray have a 57.6% snap share. It went down to 359 but that was a 75 fantasy point performance and a 44.4% snap share last week against the Jaguars. So if you're super desperate, crazy desperate, or if you roster Travis Kelsey and have a roster spot, to save this guy on your bench, to stash him. I did so in the Golden Pony fantasy football experience, so I think he should be picked up because if something were to happen to Kelsey, and I pray to the fantasy gods, I'm praying to you, fantasy gods, that it doesn't, Noah Gray could be somebody. So if you're desperate or you need a little stash pickup, Noah Gray. So let's go ahead and summarize all the bargain bin players for week 11 at quarterback, Marcus Mariota and Baker Mayfield. <laughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. But either way, Baker Mayfield, if you're desperate. Running back, Latavius Murray and Kyron Williams. Receiver, Nico Collins and Darius Slayton. And at tight end, we got the the threesome of four Foster Moreau, Grant Calcantara, and Noah Gray. Before we get on to the homework assignment, I got to tell you guys a story. So the other day, I'm playing bingo with my wife and kids. And, well, trying to play bingo. They're, they're, my girls were basically just stealing each other's tokens and spinning the little do, 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 do the ball thing over and over and over. So we were playing, I guess, our version of bingo. And I had this thought. I thought to myself, you know, it would be kind of cool if somehow you could take fantasy football and bingo and put them together. So I was like, oh, let me go look online. Who does that? I come across a little website called rivalfantasy.com. And they have it. They have fantasy bingo. It's awesome. You select the starting lineup, and you unlock fantasy achievements. You fill five squares in a row or fill all four corners, you win. It's a pretty awesome fantasy football twist on a classic game, and I certainly cannot wait to try it this weekend. And I'm messing around on on their website, on rivalfantasy.com, and I notice it's not just bingo that they have. They have three unique game styles. They have challenges, they have the fantasy book, and then, like I just said, fantasy bingo. Next year, they'll also be adding a season-long fantasy game. So Rivals on the up and up. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, what can I do? So if you you could compete head-to-head, so I could call out one of my knucklehead buddies and challenge them, and we each pick a player to see who scores more fantasy points, I could do that? I can win 1.8 times my bet against a buddy. That's pretty cool. You know, I do research. So I'm going to select scores, you know, some more fantasy points I can win. Oh, okay. That's pretty great. I like all this stuff. They're bringing unique ways to play fantasy. That's what I love. So I, I said to myself, wow, I can't believe this. I, I, I reach out to the father. Like, hey, Matt, have you seen this? <clears throat> have you come across rival fantasy.com? He said, key What are you nuts? Not only have I heard of it. They have a special offer for our listeners. And I said, what? we have been living on a rock? He said, I don't know. But here's, here's what you can tell them. If they sign up at rivalfantasy.com using the promo code player, they will activate their first 100% first play insurance to play worry free. That's right. If you use the promo code player, you activate your 100% percent First Play Insurance and can play any of their unique fantasy games worry-free. So that's RivalryFantasy.com for 100% loss protection up to $50 for your first deposit using that promo code PLAYER. Fantasy sports are more fun with rival. I said... Thank you, pod follower. Make sure that the game plan listeners know that. So just go over to RivalFantasy.com and use the promo code PLAYER to get a 100% loss protection up to your first $50 and play bingo, play challenges, or the fantasy book. Or And I will come back next week and let you know if, how I do in fantasy bingo because I cannot wait to try it this week on RivalFantasy.com. I mentioned it at the top of the show, and I'm sorry, ladies and gents, but I am going to bring to you the very first exam in game plan history. And what I need you to do, it's easy, is to grade a trade that I made in one of my recent leagues. I want to see your expertise. I want to get a feel for how you break down fantasy football trades. So let me go ahead and tell you the trade. I traded away. Ramondre Stevenson, two 2023 firsts and a 2023 second. Who did you acquire for this massive windfall of assets? Well, I acquired Devonte Adams, Alvin Kamara, and Tyler Lockett. A little bit more context because everyone needs context of fully graded trade. I'm five and five. I am fifth in a 14-team 10-man keeper league. That's what the Golden Pony Fantasy Football Experience League is, is a 10-man keeper. So, I am pushing for the playoffs. I am currently in the playoffs. I'm fifth of six seeds, and I'm looking to make the playoffs. I don't want to miss out again. I have multiple first-round picks. I still do after this trade, So, uh, but I did trade probably my most valuable two picks. So let me go ahead and say it again. I need you all to grade this trade. So the it's funny. The very first exam, the very first quiz on the game plan is you, listeners, grading me. Not too bad, right? You can handle that. So I traded away Ramondre Stevenson, two round 1s and a round 2 in the upcoming 2023 draft for Devonte Adams, Alvin Kamara, and Tyler Lockett. If you want any more context, you want any more back and forth, make sure you find me on Twitter or join the Player Profiler Discord and we can go ahead and talk about it, but I need to hear your grades, ladies and gents. So, my final thought before we say uh, goodbye for in episode 11 is very simple. Keep your head up. Keep your head up in fantasy. This part of the year can be daunting. You are clawing for a playoff spot. You're trying to get a first round bye. Maybe your team is just hurt and you've stunk all year. Keep your head up. This is a game that's supposed to be fun. This is a game that's supposed to take your mind off the, the grit and the grind of the real world. So just keep that in mind. Keep your head up. Keep having fun. And regardless of your um, your status in your leagues, have fun. Keep your head up. Enjoy the rest of the season. Um, and just make sure that you remember that at the end of the day, it's a game. It's a proxy of a real game. But it's something we all love. So regardless of your outcome, regardless of what you're doing, you got to you got to keep your head up and have some fun and remember that this is if you're not having fun fantasy you shouldn't play you should just watch the game plan every single saturday anyway that's my final thought and that's the end of episode 11 please subscribe to the player profilers youtube channel if you are already and while you're here smash that like button get those likes way way up You can follow me on Twitter at MattyKewoom. Check out my articles that come out on playaprofile.com. We have articles coming out every single day. It's seriously the best spot for all your fantasy content. Make sure you check out the Instagram. Check out both of our TikToks. My man Jason is killing it on Instagram. Aaron, Cody, Podfather, Jay, they're all killing it on the TikToks. So make sure you're getting all of the fantasy content that we provide at playaprofile.com. And... Throw me a follow on Twitter at MattyKewoom. Keep game planning, and I'll talk to you fine folks next week. Peace.